How's it going, folks? I'm Brother Matthew, and welcome to Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And today, in this video, we're going to be discussing the Shroud of Turin. Now, a lot of people have differing mixed feelings and opinions regarding this thing. Some people believe it's the actual appearance of Jesus imprinted upon this cloth, and uh, others denounce it, and others are kind of just, you know, not sure. So we're going to actually kind of weigh this thing and to see what it's all about, whether or not it's the actual thing of Jesus or not. Now, I'm not going to talk to about the actual history of it, the dating and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's when you date it, it actually doesn't even date back to Jesus anyways. But I want to talk about a, an, another way to identify whether or not it's actually supposed to be Jesus. <clears throat> now, I personally don't believe in the thing. I don't believe that it's actually Jesus uh, for a number of reasons. But uh, what I want to walk through is the biblical method on how to actually test something. As they're supposed to test the spirits of things, the spirit of the person, place, or thing, doctrine, or whatever, experience, vision, whatever. <clears throat> test them by the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? What do the scriptures say about it? Does it in any way, shape, or form contradict the Word of God? So, actually, it doesn't matter what we think about it. It doesn't matter what we feel or whatever. It doesn't, our opinions are irrelevant. It matters what the Word of God says. Well, I feel it is because when I saw it or when I when I think about it, so what? A slice of pizza can change your feelings if you like pizza. All right, so we're going to actually take a look at what the Word of God says about the thing. And I hope that this will be a help and a blessing to you. And I hope that uh, you'll be able to learn some from this. And if you know of any other scriptural references you could throw in here, uh, please, of course, leave them in the comments below. <clears throat> All right, so the Shroud of Turin shows what, what is supposed to be Jesus on this thing. And when they <clears throat> light it up and they do different tests, they can actually see the full body form and all this. They, and they're able to do outlines and so you can see the, the whip marks and everything else on it and the nail prints and all that. Okay, let's take a look. Now, starting at the top, you see the imprint is supposed to be the crown of thorns or something. Okay, well, Jesus had a crown of thorns. Okay. The next, when you work your way down, you see, okay, what's next? Long hair. Well, why is that a big deal? Well, because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Now, people say, well, Jesus was a Nazarite. No, he wasn't. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> the Nazarite vow is that you can't cut your hair while you're under the vow and oath. But all in this is not just the long hair thing, but also you can't drink wine, you can't eat the fruit of the vine, you can't touch dead bodies. Uh, Jesus drank wine and he touched dead bodies. So obviously that would immediately disqualify him from being under a Nazarite vow. Now he was from Nazareth, but he wasn't a Nazarite. And so because he wasn't a Nazarite, he would not have had long hair. The word long, <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen, the word long means that which is able to be flicked. The word short, it talks about short hair in the same passage, means that which is unable to be flicked. So Jesus would not have had long hair. The next thing as we look down is we see sharp 
Amber Crombie and Finch models. Now, the problem with that is that Isaiah chapter 53 talks about what he looked like, his appearance, and that he there was no form nor comeliness with which you would desire of him. So he did not stand out even in appearance. This is a part of also why Judas had to point out Jesus with a kiss in the garden because the soldiers didn't know which one he was because he was so normal looking. Jesus did not have sharp features. Next, we see in the shot of Turin, there's a beard. Well, according to Isaiah 50, verse 6, and uh, there's another one, uh, there's another passage I thought I had. Oh, first Corinthians, oh, I was thinking of 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen about the hair. But in Isaiah 50, verse 6, it says, They plucked out my beard. They plucked the hair out of my face. That the soldiers ripped his beard out. Now, Jesus did not have some sharp, sharp little pointy-looking Hollywood scruff. They didn't come with tweezers and pull the little hairs out. No, Jesus was a Jew of Israel, and under that culture, the Jewish beard was a full beard. You didn't trim the edges, and it was a full beard that they grabbed a full handful of the hair and ripped his beard out. The shot of turn shows an intact beard. The Bible talks about how they buffeted him, and they beat him, and they spat on him, and, and they... And it says, his visage was so marred beyond any man, you couldn't recognize him to look at him. His visage was so marred. But if you look at the shroud of term, there's no damage to the face. Next, it talks about, um, and you look down further, you see the nail print scars. Now, on the shroud of turn, it shows it's through the wrist. It's through the wrist. But in Isaiah 49, 16 and Psalm 22, 16, it says you're engraven upon the palms of his hands. Engraven means to, to pierce the flesh, to cut out. And Psalms 22, 16 says they pierced my hands and my feet. The wrist is not part of the hand. The, and, the, and the word hand is chiro, meaning the part that grips. So right there. So it's starting to have a lot of problems here with this. Next, you take a look at the whipping. The whipping. Now, they pl they plowed furrows upon my back, as you see in Psalm 22. It says his in Psalm 22:17. It says my bones stared upon me. I could count on my bones; they stared upon me. Now, if we take a look at the shot of turn, you can count. I think what is it 36 little cut and scrapes or something like that on, on the body. But according to the word of God about this and the beatings that he received, <clears throat> the whip that the soldiers used, if you do a study in, in uh, Roman culture and all this kind of stuff, the whip that was used was the Roman cat of nine tails, which is about a, a foot to foot and a half length of handle. And you got two to two and a half foot long uh strands of leather nine strands of leather that were embedded with bits of bone stone and glass and it was it was 40 stripes save one so 39 strikes because 40 would kill a man there's many a documentation about about people being nearly sawn in half with the thing disemboweled by the by the whip now Jesus was lashed 39 times with this whip and it says my bones stared upon me. You could have counted, you could have seen the rib cage of Jesus. They turned him into hamburger. 
from the punching and the beatings and the beat they beat him with rods they crown the crown of thorns on his head and beat it down with rods ripped his beard out of his face his face was just puffy and swollen and cut and gash his beard ripped out of his face whipped to hamburger and then they dragged him out of the city and then they nailed him to the cross through the hands and then they speared him in his side after he died the shot of turin doesn't depict any of that it does not show the brutality. It does not show the horrendous nature that uh, of the crucifixion. That that whoever that was in the shroud is not Jesus. If it actually was a person that went through that, there's someone else who kind of had a somewhat slight similarity of a, of something like that. But personally, if you want my opinion, I believe it's a fake. Because the way it's promoted, it's just to lead people to believe that that's Jesus. But then there's one other thing. There's one other thing. In the Bible, it talks about this, that when the disciples came to the tomb, when the disciples came to the tomb, <clears throat> after the resurrection, it says they went in, it says they saw the, where, where the linen clothes lie and the napkin folded by itself set apart. Now, if you know much about the Jewish culture um, in the burial. That when a person died, that they would wrap them up kind of similar to, you know, the way they'd wrap up a mummy is they put the feet together and then they put the hands, hands across and they wrap them all up from the foot all the way up to about here. And then they wrap the head in a separate piece, in a separate napkin. Now, when in Jewish culture of dining culture, that when you were, <clears throat> when you were done eating and you're all done, you would take your napkin, wipe your mouth and, and all that, and you'd, you'd scrunch it up and throw it down. If you were not done yet, if you were not done yet and you were going to come back to the table and you're not done, you would fold your napkin and set it down so it signified to the servants that you're not done and they're to leave your stuff alone. When the disciples came to the tomb, they found the napkin folded but by itself set apart, signifying to, to his disciples that he was not done yet and he was, gonna, he was gonna be back. Now, the Shroud of Turin is one single long sheet, one single long wrapping sheet. So even in that, it's doesn't work with the Jewish culture. So the whole thing of what the Bible says completely, utterly contradicts the Shroud of Turin. So there you go. I hope that was a help to you. So according to the Bible, the Shroud of Turin's a fake. So based on that, we can be very assured of, of what it actually is, that if it was someone, it's someone similar, or it's a complete fraud, but who knows. But what I do know is it's not Jesus. It's not Jesus. So there you go. So God bless you folks. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.